and welcome back to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and how do you think new Transformers are made? Missy? We'll see when a mommy Transformer and a daddy Transformer hate each other very much. They smash smash into each other like a car accident and baby Transformer happens. Oh my gosh. Mike? Deep in the bowels of the Star Forge in the far off galaxy of Transformia, there once was an evil emperor who decided to mash cars into people. Tommy? My, my real question for all of this is what are the birds and bees for Transformers? That's it. That's my intro. Bye. And Liam. Yo. We are a family of creators going through the story writing process and we're taking you along for the ride. I like to think that it's just like a little factory that they make them, but like the two Transformers go and they get to like pick out the different kind of like, a, build like a, a build a bear. Build a bear. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> build a baby. Build a former. Yeah. Build a former. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's just like it comes off the little factory line and it's like a little mechanical stork like places the package in your, their hands. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. Never. That was much it. more wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 just, I was thinking about that as before, you know, so I figured, hey, why, why not? Anything interesting happen to anybody? It's like semi-interesting, not really. I've just been buying a bunch of workout equipment and my room is getting smaller and smaller because of it. <laughs> I have like two different types of exercise bands that I've purchased. I'm purchasing more actual weights and I'm utilizing them and it's getting scary. I need a bigger room. That's my interest. So not bad. I need to buy a gym membership because I don't have room for anything else except for like a guitar. Maybe we'll figure that Mm. part out. (laughs) So I'd like to buy a guitar. My project's going well. I've been working on it for a couple weeks. I've got some things that I have to to figure out. I started building a mini greenhouse for Aaron and I so we can make some vegetables over the summer. It didn't happen to me this week, but I read something so dumb online. I had to reread it a couple of times and just walked away not knowing how to handle it. So we'll just preface this. It was a flat earther, like right from the start, you know, it's going to be stupid and good at the same time, right? This flat earther is arguing with a scientist that the reason why the world can't be round is because the fake theory of gravity proves the earth can't be round because if it were all of the water on the planet would fall oh. to the bottom oh, of the globe. Oh. <laughs> nice. But gravity's a lie. It's broken. It doesn't work. There's no such thing as gravity. It's all part of the lie we're being told about the earth being round. And I know I said that pretty bad, but it was also <laughs> a pretty bad take on science. So Wait, I don't know. Where's the water supposed to go? Because this person this thinks person, yeah. ra- gravity means water go down bottom. Yeah. So they're looking at a globe saying the bottom, like the South Pole, that's where all the water should go if gravity were real and it was a globe. They don't <laughs> understand it being pulled to the center. Oh, wait. I, yeah, oh, they don't okay. get the thought, whole core concept, right? That it's yeah, based okay. on mass, which gets denser as it goes to the middle, not north to south i was just so blown away by this i had to share it what do these flat earthers think is on the other other side of the earth it depends on who you talk to but most of them it's just like rocky you know stalactites going into nothingness because wouldn't all of the water just like fall off the earth and then we wouldn't have water i'm pretty sure the great barrier prevents that oh 
No. In, in, I have in just the flat earth, what? All right. So in the flat earth theory, technically, the, what is below the earth is the highest peak of the lowest mountain where Gandalf killed the Balrog. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So Lord of the Rings just takes place on the other side of the earth. Oh my gosh. Middle earth specifically. No. So we're, wait, if a middle earth implies that there's a high earth and a low earth. Yeah, we're on high earth, I guess. So then what's low earth? I guess that's where gravity pulls you so hard you fall right off the planet and into nothingness. So like so space, space is space. low earth? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. We don't really know if there's anything under there, to be honest. Oh, okay. We've never traveled we even, there yeah, to get a picture. So. Oh, why not? That's that's the real question, is why haven't we discovered the rest of Middle <laughs> and Low Earth? Tommy, to go back to a shocking revelation you just had about the Great Barrier, the flat disk that is Earth is surrounded okay. by oh, an ice dude. barrier. Oh, that is impassable. You can't get past it at all. So you can try and sail to the edge of the earth, but the closer you get to it, the harder and harder the forces push back against you and you'll never actually reach it. But even if you could reach it, the great ice barrier will prevent you from going off. I mean, if it doesn't have a name, I'm going to be very disappointed in flat earthers. (laughs) Like, Greg, the ice barrier, keeping us out. <laughs> like, that's what I want. <laughs> Do you really think that somebody who believes in flat earth also thinks that far ahead? No, I, someone who believes in flat earth also just doesn't believe in humor. So that's true. <laughs> One of my favorite videos I've ever seen online is uh, they set up a very good science experiment. And the idea is they take light and they level it out at a specific height. And then they shoot it towards another distance that's like really far uh, in the distance. And they calculate it out. And it's supposed to be, all right, to prove that there's a flat earth, we're going to basically raise this up six feet and then this light up six feet. And then there's going to be a tiny hole that we can see this light through at six feet. And that's going to prove the earth is flat. And then they did the experiment and they couldn't see the light. And they're like, oh, that's that's weird. He's like, I don't know, move it around. And then they raised it up a little bit and it shined through because of the curvature of the earth. And so they proved the earth had a curvature. And they were like, well, it just must be faulty equipment or something. There's something wrong with their equipment. (laughs) I saw that one too. The look on their faces as they disprove themselves is so, they're so perplexed, but they can't possibly grasp the idea that they just proved around Earth. Like, so good. Yeah, I love that video. Speaking of interesting videos, I saw this video this week of them dropping a bowling ball and like a pile of feathers. And obviously they dropped at different times because the bowling ball is heavier. But then they dropped it in a vacuum sealed chamber and they dropped it at the same time. And I just Mm -hmm. think that that's really cool that they're using newer technology to be able to prove old theories and I just think that that's, I don't know, that's pretty awesome. That it's like, hey, remember that theory we had? It was all kind of hypothetical, but we basically based all of our entire science off of it. Guess what? It's actually still still real. Good job that we confirmed that. Yeah. Like, yeah like... Well, that's, it's the thing is most science is like hypothetical on the fact that it's hard to measure, but you can take all your calculations and all your measurements and proof them against each other. But then, you know, something like, do we have to travel at the speed of light to prove the speed of light? No, we can use other methods to prove the speed of light. So you don't necessarily need to prove every single tiny step. You just have to make sure that all the steps combined equate that there's enough Mm -hmm. evidence to, to back up you know, the ideas. You can measure the change or reaction between step A to step B 
to prove that something does or does not. Yeah, exactly. I guess technically you can never prove something doesn't exist. You can only ever yeah. prove it does. Yeah. Did y'all watch the Ant-Man movie? I didn't. No. Nope. No. I do want to watch it, though, because it's a field I'm interested in, but because of the subject matter, not yeah. because of Marvel. But I don't know. That's like me saying I like forestry, so I want to watch Return of the Jedi. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's in a forest, but it's in one of the neatest. It's filmed in one of the neatest forests oh, yeah, in the yeah. world. So, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's pretty. I've been to that forest or one that's exactly <laughs> like it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't base my love of science off of a marvel movie i think you might be a little upset it's more a, a morbid curiosity like i love science and i still get a real kick out of reading the stupidest things that conspiracy theorists come up with like the flat earthers it just makes me laugh so perhaps this movie will get it so wrong that i will just bawl my eyes out in hysteria it's true so Tommy actually brought this thought experiment up when we were on our way to go see Dungeons and Dragons, because of course we saw that movie. But he proposed, what if there was a universe out there that Firefly never got canceled, but none of the Marvel movies existed? Would you want to go to that universe? Oh, here's, yes. yeah, let me preface this. We were talking about Firefly, and I found out that at its time, Firefly was one of the most like expensive TV show pilots ever made. I think it was like $9 million or whatever for that pilot. And it's because they built the entire... They built a Serenity. Yeah. And like that that entire set was built, which is really cool. And it's, the set was only two separate sets. A lot of ships. There's a whole bunch yeah. of little sets. Oh, Theirs yeah. Was so much of it was, <laughs> it was interconnected. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought to myself, well, if Firefly didn't get canceled, Joss Whedon would have probably not worked on the Avengers. And I think he was he was the guy you would bring in to make the Avengers work because he, he did a bunch of ensemble casts. So he wouldn't have ever done that. He wouldn't have ever done Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He wouldn't have helped like bring the Marvel Cinematic Universe to where it is. And I know this is a bias because I've seen where Marvel's gone and I haven't seen where Firefly has gone. But that being said, I would have taken the Firefly universe any day. I would I just too. want more of it. Yeah. I agree. You also saw what he did with Age of Ultron, so I, I think Firefly <laughs> was a good choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen Fire. I've saw like three episodes of the, the Firefly show. And, uh I don't think you liked it though, Mike, right? It, it didn't really catch like, nah. me, and maybe it was just the, the point I was at in my consumption. I mean, it's probably something I should watch because I know it's like nerd pop culture royalty. It's good. Yeah. It's oh, nerd good. pop culture royalty. I like that. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it since it came out. It's been a while. Been a while. And so, uh, sorry. And so, I should probably go back and rewatch it. But I feel like there was a few good Marvel movies. But even when it was in like its heyday, I still didn't like all the Marvel movies. So I, I would take that universe as well. I mean, Marvel has made some of my favorite movies and products, at least ones that I really personally like. I like where it was the first three phases i guess like one of the most unique and greatest things i think cinema will ever get but at the same time the oversaturation and just the way it's changed cinema i feel like has also hurt it for the worst as a consequence of it also being really good it is interesting to think about that how it's how it's changed cinema and how everybody wants to do the same thing but yeah nobody has been close to being able to do something like it 
you know, you can obviously see DC trying to do it with their superhero movies. You had, I think we talked about it last in the Universal Monster Universe, which was going to be like the mummy and Dracula and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, it stopped after one movie. Actually, I think it was two movies. I think they had two. Did they? I believe they did, but I don't remember what the other one was. But yeah, you're, you're right, Liam. It's definitely like it has changed cinema. It's changed the idea for at least a decade now of what people try to make to go see big blockbuster style movies. Yeah. I feel like, in my opinion, it's changed it for the worse. So for like the future, maybe I'd rather Marvel not exist. But at the same time, I like what Marvel, most of the Marvel products and what they've done before, like the tw- uh, the 2020s, that it would suck to lose some of some really good things like Daredevil and Infinity War and the Captain America's. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're totally right. It's it, maybe it's right now it's changed cinema for the worse. But I think that you will see over time it'll balance out. Right. You're, Hopefully. You're, yeah, I'm assuming we're in that valley where everybody's starting to go, oh, we need to scale this back. You know, we need to slow down our productions and stop trying to oversaturate it to to get all of it. Because I think they realize that they have significantly hurt their brand by pumping out movies and shows that are not at the same quality that they used to be. And so that's why Marvel's like dialing it back. They're like, okay, we're going to, instead of releasing four or five movies a year, I think we're only going to release three. And now they're releasing less shows a year. And that is, I think, a good lesson for any kind of long-term serial type production where you're going to be watching over and over is that if you put too much out, it is going to probably crash and burn and maybe even ruin a, a franchise. Cough, cough, Star Wars. Cough, cough. Yeah. Real quick. It's called the Dark Universe, the monster oh. universe. And it started with the mummy and then the invisible man and then Renfield which is releasing this year wait Renfield like with Nicolas Cage I believe so it's supposed to be in the the what is it D-U-C-U the D-U-C-U yeah and there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fourteen movies currently in production or development you want to know for this universe the the Renfield movie has got like a 90% Rotten Tomatoes it's supposed to be great so I'd, I'd go see it why not? The trailers did not ju- do it justice, so yeah. we'll see. Well, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Holt, sounds great. Put all the Nicks in that one true. place. I like them both. You know what? Something that the Marvel Cinematic did give us was a bunch of really cool weapons. That I think they really did. I think in general, and I was talking about this with Tommy, I just think that there's a lot of really cool fictional weapons out there, and I kind of wanted to talk about them today. So thank you, Mike, for that intro. And I think that there's so many really cool weapons, because ultimately, especially if you're going to have fighting, you have to have some sort of weapons, and your fists or guns kind of get overplayed a lot. So... I want that's what I want to talk about today. What do you guys think? I kind of gave you guys a list ahead of time of different fictional weapons that are out there. But is there anything that's not on this list or anything you want to highlight from this list? I I did want to say that this list specifically goes for individual weapons and not, you know, weapons of mass destruction or something like 
It's not a... Fair play, fair play. Yeah, it's not a spaceship considered a weapons. These are pretty much handheld weapons on this list, which I think is really cool because there's a wide variety throughout history. People have invented great ways to hurt each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was looking up fictional weapons previously, I think the number one weapon on pretty much all the lists I saw was a lightsaber. And it is. It's very cool. It's a sword made out of light that can murder you. And never really goes dull at all, which is great. Although not great if you're just training with a lightsaber and you're <laughs> not exactly sure how to use it yet. I mean, I'm sure the force guides you or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I know me, if I had to train with a lightsaber, I'd be missing so many limbs. I would be Anakin without having been thrown in the that's lava. That's why they're selective with who they let have them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But are there any weapons that like come to mind when you guys... Are watching stuff that you're like oh, this is so cool yeah so one thing i was immediately drawn to also in the star wars universe in the bad batch omega's energy bow i just love it so much and i don't know why it's like a bow and arrow but the bow itself and then the projectile are made out of this glowing energy and it's just great and it's like super compact it's like a you know when someone pulls a switchblade out of their pocket and they're real fancy and suddenly it's you know a blade instead of you know a tool it's like that she wears it on her back almost like a backpack and then she pulls out and puts her hand in it and pulls back and suddenly the energy fires up and it's a bow it's on her wrists like kratos's uh wrist shield thing it, like mm -hmm. it's like this tiny thing on her wrist and it expands and you just use it as a bow it's actually really cool and it's fun to see her get better at it over time so sometimes not when it counts you know, a lot of times not when it counts I like Predator's shoulder cannon. I think oh, it's, that's a, good it's a cool weapon. You don't see a lot of other science fiction have a shoulder weapon. The only example I can really think of that like has an automatic aiming shoulder weapon is Doom Eternal. The Doom Slayer has a shoulder weapon that's mounted there. Borderlands, one of the characters, basically, yeah, it's a character in the pre-sequel where... The more you upgrade his skill tree, the more like robotic he gets. And his ultimate, one of them is like a shoulder cannon that just pops out, just shoots things. It's great. I love the idea of a shoulder cannon as like a little companion. Yeah. Stem that I don't see here that I really love because or at least one specific one that I love is from Adventure Time. It's the grass sword. Essentially, it's literally just a blade of grass, but the way they designed it is it would like wrap around Finn's wrist. And then when he would need, he would like stretch out his arm and it would like fly up his wrist into his hand and then turn into like a really long blade of grass in his hand. And I really liked that. It's one of those weapons where it felt very right for a character. Like it was no longer a weapon that was just a weapon. It was part of the character. Yeah, and I really, I really like weapons that are like that. That are iconic to specific characters. You know what I, I do see a lot is if you, if you want to do a good stereotype in general, if you are a strong female character, you're gonna have a bow and arrow of some sort, mm -hmm. right? It's always like mm. ranged attacks as opposed to yeah. swords or something cool. I mean, not, not that there's nothing wrong with bow and arrow, but I think of so many examples of like uh, uh, on the list there was Katniss. From the Hunger Games, she has a bow and arrow. Laura Croft has a bow and arrow in newer iterations. And it, it's just, it seems like it's a little bit overdone. Like, if you're strong, adventuring, or female, you must have a bow and arrow. Nothing, nothing wrong with it, but 
I'd like to see some with some broadswords. Maybe it's because women are smarter. Instead of putting themselves in immediate danger, <laughs> they choose ranged weapons to They're, kind. I like how you them. reversed this. <laughs> like, I was not expecting that. I'm saying I just think that it'd be cool seeing somebody with, like, Final Fantasy VII cloud buster sword, seeing, like, a woman running around with this gigantic just... weapon and just wrecking Famous. with it. Yeah. Allow me to introduce you to Xena, Warrior Princess. I was gonna say! That's a cool weapon. Yeah. Xena, I love her, first of all, because she does have a sword, but then she also has the two, like, disc things. Yeah, I don't what know I what saying. they're called. Mm -hmm. But those are, like, to when Tommy was talking about, like, character iconic weapons, those are her, those are so iconic to Xena and so unrealistic because it's like a boomerang <laughs> that you would cut yourself if you ca caught it. Yeah. I mean, the one has, like, a handle in the inside, which is fine, but, like, very difficult to catch but the other one is just a boomerang blade and she's got to be magical but yeah Cena. i oh man i remember going up and being like what a woman she can fight and she's got cool weapons like that's amazing so i'd say hers hers in particular especially for like a fantasy weapon loved i love her blades it's funny to me how the majority of characters that I remember their weapons for are oftentimes using some sort of blade. Hmm. For example, another character, Sora, the Keyblade. Like oh, that. yeah. There's always some type of... What is not Final Fantasy? Blade it's... archetype. Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts, yeah. Missy was yeah. confused. A Sora? Uh, no, it's, No, his name Sora. is Sora. It's like Disney and Final Fantasy got together and threw up on each other. Oh. Yeah. Big oh, time. And it wasn't no, pretty. I, I know what Kingdom Hearts is, but... I don't really know all of the character details. Oh, that that's... is such a weird looking weapon. And yet, yeah, I am drawn to it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty <sighs> iconic. It's wild to me how there is just so many iconic blades. Well, I mean, I think for for like melee weapons, it's that is like the the first step is what kind of blade are you going to be using? And not saying that that's a great thing because there are cool there's like and morning stars and giant hammers and a bunch of crushing blunt weapons apparently is what i really like do you think it goes back to stories like king arthur where people wrote about you know okay you have to draw this store the so this the, the sword from the stone there you go Said it <laughs> I, I think so comparing I'm, i feel like this is the most apt comparison is guns and blades when you think of a blade, I think you think something a little more delicate. And you also think there's an art to it. Also, mm -hmm. when you think of guns, it's just brutish. And I think in general, blades are more appealing because of the idea that there is an art. There's like a way you're supposed to master the blade. And maybe that's because that's my perception because of how movies and TV and media have shaped my perspective to be. While you were playing sports, I was studying no. the blade. <laughs> I think it's twofold artistic. It's an art to learn how to wield it and how to use it. And you definitely need far more training than, than you would with a gun. But the craftsmanship that goes into creating it, like they pour themselves and their personality into these blades. And many times yeah. they're beautiful, which can't really be said of a projectile weapon, especially with guns, right? It's not the same level of beauty and art that goes into their weapons. Yeah. Blades are just, they can be very pretty. I think that there is a simplicity, especially in times when we have guns and it's just a quick bang, bang, and you're dead that there is a simplicity in having a sword as a weapon or a blade in general as a weapon. And it brings it 
back to more of a, you know, there's all those like training montages and you, there's, it's easier to have a, and it's like more cool to have a sword or a blade training montage than it is to be like, okay, so what you're going to want to do is make sure that you don't point it at anybody. Now lift. Okay. Make sure you're, whole, you know, you don't, it's not as fun to have like a gun training weapon. Sorry, a gun training montage. It, maybe it is. I don't know. But from what I've seen, I'd rather see a, a blade training montage rather than a, a gun training montage personally. Now, something Tommy was talking about when I brought up, hey, let's talk about weapons, is he was saying that it's not just like physical weapons that can be used as weapons. It's it's people as well. Mm -hmm. And even, Mike, what you were saying earlier about there's no ships on that list, those can be considered weapons as well. So what are some other like, quote unquote, non-traditional weapons that kind of stick out for you guys? Star Trek's photon torpedoes. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, even their phasers, it's so iconic. The fact that you can set a weapon to stun or to kill, that you have the ability to fire without killing someone, and that as a culture they are intentionally making that choice is... I, I actually meant that. Like, I think something unique about the franchise as a whole, not just the weapon itself. Yeah, yeah, the weapons, you know, the lethality is selectable. I was talking about the ship phasers. Oh, yeah. Those. Which is, <laughs> it's it's interesting because, like, if you look at a lot of other science fiction you know, they're shooting, we just go to Star, Star Wars in general. They're shooting, it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo, and it's like beams flying out everywhere. But mm -hmm. when you watch most of, at least, old Star Trek, it when they shoot a phaser, it has to charge up and fire out. It's not just like mm -hmm. a quick, rapid thing. And it's a big pulse. It's a lot of energy. And you got to think about, you know, the amount of power that is required to do that. It mm -hmm. seems much more impactful than just like, pew, 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 pew. Well, it's like the idea of having a limited amount of ammo in a weapon, right? If you have a lim limited amount of energy available at any given time, then it limits the effect in a way of that weapon, which means that the characters have to be smarter and better when attacking to use their weapon wisely. Yeah. Instead of just an all-out free-for-all. Like, I think you get that a lot in Star Wars is the all-out free-for-all. Like, the, the lightsaber, it never dies. And the... I mean, it does like, but you never get that in the movies, right? Or the their blasters, right? Like they just seem to fire on forever. Whereas in Star Trek, you have to be a lot more choosy, pick the right moment to fire. Weapons that I really like, they're very similar to each other in a strange aspect. One is from Star Wars, it's, uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. And the other one is from Prey, a video game from 2017. And the Star Wars one is the sonic charges that go off. Yes. I love those and how they like oh, explode and destroy so stuff. Uh, but they kind of like sucks everything in for a second and then explode out. And the one from Prey is going to be the recycler charge, where it's this tiny little hand grenades mm -hmm. you throw out and it sucks everything in and then it explodes it out into like recycled parts that you can use to craft other things. So it's oh, one of my cool. favorite grenades from any video game. It's one of those wonderful arcane designs where it's so multi-purpose it's like oh i ran out of ammo let me just throw this grenade at an enemy recycle it and then ooh, i have all of their parts and easily distinguishable <laughs> materials and it's very fun dipping more into the lines of powers but i really enjoy it it's the Kilgrave's touch from jessica jones oh i'm just just explaining because i don't remember what you're talking about 
Yeah. I was about to say. Oh, okay, great. Thanks. Technically, technically a weapon or used like a weapon, but it's like a superpower. So exactly, and it's used predominantly as a weapon. Essentially, he can touch someone and then have immediate like command over them. Oh, they basically yes. want to do whatever he says when he touches mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, was there some sort of like pheromone has or something? To do with his pheromones him? that he has. And uh, he cast charm person. It's, it's basically yeah. It's like a charm person yeah. by touch. <laughs> so he was terrible, but he, gosh, what a yeah. great villain! It's a very unique thing. Yeah. Because like, how could anybody stand up against him? But also, it's it's one of those things where you realize that he is a mental child because mm-hmm. he's yes. always gotten what he wanted. Exactly. And that's what I really, really loved about him. Uh, David Tennant, right? Yeah. 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 He did oh, such that. a great job. Phenomenal yeah. job. That's one of those situations where I think they designed a weapon that goes really, really well with a character. And like that, that weapon was designed for the character, essentially. Those coincide kind of like some other iconic weapons, but like the way he acted and the way his, his character actually was, like you're saying like he had the, the mental personal personality of a, of a child. It just felt, Oh, this makes sense. Like this power makes sense. Everything that he's doing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even though you're terrified at all, all at once. And he didn't understand necessarily why, what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. I think that was yeah, the number so one just, thing yeah. for him. He, yeah. Just, that's just, well, just how life had always worked for him. And yeah, he gets and what he wants. anybody who could try and get close enough to tell him, no, you can't do that, they're already under his influence. Do you think that superpowers count as a weapon? I was using it in that case because it was unique and it felt like he was consistently using his power as a weapon. It's like its own category. Yeah, it's it's its own yeah. category. The, the thing about that is that it's a weapon that only one can wield and yep. mm-hmm. it can't transfer hands unless you look at all the superman stuff where people suck away his powers and then he gets them back and then they suck him away and he gets them back good good description mike yeah i would say tr- for for this specific conversation weapons are more something that multiple people could y- yield there is some examples there like the elder wand in harry potter or thor's hammer oh, yeah. where you know it's supposed to only be like this one person but then obviously other people have wielded it so when we talk about yeah, weapons it's... we're talking about tools as opposed to abilities yes. yeah i would that's yeah. a great way of putting it i think uh, one of my favorite ones is definitely the portal gun from portal it but is, it, I know is you know, guys. I know you guys are gonna come in and say, "Is that a weapon?" Sure, why not? But it is one hundred percent a weapon because it's only not a weapon because of the setting that we're in, and it's because we're in a bunch of test chambers. If we went out in like a battlefield, or if it was some kind of war type game, it would definitely be a weapon as we use. In fact, we we use it against turrets, and we use it like mm-hmm. for our own to like use it against Glados as, as well. Yeah. It's one hundred percent a weapon, and it's really unique because. Technically, it doesn't do the damage itself, but the way you use it is the way you do damage with it. Think about, like, the ending to Portal 2. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, transports Wheatley into the moon, basically, or onto the moon. Essentially, the Portal Gun is a superpower that anyone can yield. Yeah. But but it is a tool. Yeah. 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 I like that. And another one for Amy's second question, I guess, which isn't weapons, but, like, more people or ships or whatever is the space marines from warhammer oh they're bolter gun like they're they're no, no just, just the marines. Them. Oh, just just the space marines themselves oh. how they're built 
cybernetically pretty much to be weapons and their massive armor and their uniqueness between each type of space marine and each type of clan and how they're just they're pretty much living weapons they weigh a ton the the person themselves weigh a ton and then yeah yeah, (laughs) they're even they're even greater master chiefs they're literally genetically breeded to be the perfect specimen through thousands of years of breeding yeah interesting they're terrifying and yeah they are genetic engineering on the ones that survive and yeah kind of crazy stuff it is uh, amazing like warhammer 40k has a insane amount of lore behind it with (laughs) all of the books that have come out the games and games i'm talking both video and obviously the the tabletop game and i am so shocked that nobody's done a live adaptation until you know coming up with henry cavill is executive producing for it and probably going to be in it for a whole series which is great because if there is one nerd that i want to be in something it's it's him because he is so passionate about every project like nerdy project he's in he's like oh we should do this and we should do that and i feel like he just hasn't gotten a good shot at actually doing the thing that he's really really like this is it yeah yeah. yeah. Side note, I know a lot of people on the internet are like, oh, you only like Henry Cavill because he's got like a six pack ab and he's like so handsome. First of all, I'm it's like, an eight pack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm like, I, I find him attractive because he's so nerdy and so passionate about being nerdy. I think that that's like way more attractive to me than like him having all these like rippling muscles. I'm like, yeah, sure. It's nice that someone has rippling muscles, but that is like, I don't know. He just seems more down to earth because of the fact that he's like, hey, I'm going to stream me building my new PC and hey, let's talk about this. And like, oh, he's like, oh man, I can't wait to play Warhammer. I'm like, that's, that's way more attractive and more interesting to me in a person than- yeah, it's almost yeah, like somebody somebody showing hobbies and interests and being genuinely happy about it and saying like, "This is what I like. This is what I'm passionate about." It's it's a turn exactly. on. What? Well, what? <laughs> Anyways, going back to weapons. Sorry. But like, I mean, have you Love seen him reload his guns though? Like, the, yeah. I mean, that Mission Impossible scene. I've watched it way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was also in the Man from Uncle. Yes. Yeah, he was. That was, was a great, great movie, too. But side note, it was just a great movie. Okay, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying, Warhammer is great. Almost every weapon in Warhammer is really unique, too, because there's also a lot of mental weapons that they just use that everybody can like feasibly do and like literally like melt other people's brains by using yeah. their own brain. And there's also a, um, there's like the sniper weird type gun that like starts like disintegrating you or like starts like making you like biological i don't remember what it does but it kind of melts you from the inside out and starts making your organs not usable oh yeah like a radiation gun Uh, yeah it's it's really weird the 40k universe is brutal yeah warhammer is probably the most brutal universe i've ever seen there's no happiness in that universe no 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 that's a lie. It's the 40k part of the universe. The 40k. Everything yeah, the 40K, before yeah, right. 40k was was very much so paradise. Whoa. No, everything before uh, 40k paradise. is right now. 40 True. 40k is is our universe just a bunch of millennia in the future. Almost right, like Missy? I'm totally following this, right? 38 millennia in the Actually, future. Actually, no. I do I understand a little bit of it because Liam had me watch like two hours worth of oh okay I'm just the only one stuff the other day no it was interesting (laughs) to finally understand like oh this is not what I thought it was you just experienced a fraction of a fraction (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah oh I'm well aware 
It's <laughs> insane. So I'm just saying, 40k is interesting. It's Dark really Tide's good. a fun game. To okay, to wrap this up, when wrap it comes it to right, it's too soon. Weapons. Yeah. I mean, I we got like five more. Five more. <laughs> like, oh, hello, you you barely heard the cliff notes. <laughs> You know what I thought was really cool in the movie Desperado when the guitar case was a gun? That was cool. Ooh, ooh, this is actually this is actually something I have on my list. Ooh. And that are hidden weapons built into other things. Like a sword and a cane. Penguin's umbrella. Mm. Speaking of DC, oh, no. one of the weapons I enjoy is Dr. Freeze's freeze gun and then his giant freeze cannon weapony thing that he makes out of the, what's it called? <laughs> Observatory. I, I really enjoy Batman's villains because their weaponry is just so overtly tied to the stupid personality they made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weapons immediately reflect the character. Like yeah, the battery. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Sweet Tooth's nuclear sour warhead. Oh, now that's yes. a good one, Amy. Technically a non-canon Batman villain, but still it's an ode to Batman. I really like the dubstep gun because it kills you with music. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a, a good one. Step good gun weapon. for what? Saints Row. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to go Fortnite because that's what I assumed. Sounds something dumb. Can't believe I haven't mentioned Elden Ring before this. And Elden Ring. Anyway, that was a good like, podcast. Guys. And, <laughs> and they're usually really shitty. Like they're, the pots are, aren't always the greatest or the jars rather. And then they literally give you a thing called the jar cannon where you could just yeet jars across the map. <laughs> Love that. More gimmick stuff like that. What's that one weapon from Fallout where it was like a laser came from the sky and like destroyed and blew up something? I think you're thinking of the Pierce Brosnan epic called Goldeneye. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of Goldeneye and Bond in general, he's got a bunch of fun, weird weapons. His stuff They've also got a whole falls into the R&D department for fun weapons. Making weapons out of things that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's definitely, and I feel like Iron Man had this thing going on too, but that's mm-hmm. that's definitely like, uh, we want to do something entertaining for ourselves and also entertaining for the audience. What yeah. two stupid things can we combine? Yes. I, I love that. Mission Impossible did it as well. Like in. Yeah, that's, that's true. In the first movie, when it was the piece of gum, and you push both sides together, and it's a bomb. That's just great. (laughs) So what you're trying to say is Mission Impossible is just like the American Bond. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Although it is team-based, and uh, Bond works alone. Except with a bunch of other people. He has a bunch of supporting cast. (laughs) Felix is not real. (laughs) The ladies are not real. They're all in his head. <laughs> oh, that would actually make a he lot He gets of help from a lot of people, but he takes all the credit for himself. <laughs> My final entry onto this list is not going to be necessarily a single thing, but like just about everything in the movie Wild Wild West, because I feel like there's a goldmine for ridiculous weapons in that movie. I would like to specifically point out the magnetic collar saw combination where they would put that. Yeah, that call cool. that big metal collar on you and it was magnetically drawn to this giant spinning saw that would just <laughs> chop your head right off good times that is a pretty interesting 
Very weapon. clever. Yeah, it is. It, thinking about it, like, what a terrible movie. What a great weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so Terribly much Terribly great that movie. movie. Yeah. Great. I don't know what you're saying. Fantastic. I haven't seen it forever. I oh, love it. I remember the spider robot, but that's about it. I know Will Smith. Another great weapon. I think that we should revisit this later and talk about vehicles specifically as weapons, because there is a mm-hmm. lot of different or big machinery type things that could All be right, considered fair weapons. Because yeah. Yeah. that could be on there as a that, yeah. unique take a while. one. Yeah, that one would take a while. Well, okay. So to wrap up-ish, what would be weapons that you guys would want in your fictional story what's something whether it's already imagined or if it's something that you are imagining yourself first of all because i think it's more interesting regardless of what the weapon is it has to have a clear benefit and a clear deficit there can i like i do not want a weapon that's like just good or and i mean if it was it had not a mary sue weapon yeah i'm not i'm not interested in that i think there, there has, has to be, to be some... consequences kind of thing absolutely yeah why yeah so it's like oh this weapon's really really powerful but every time you use it you shave off a month of your life <laughs> something like that i, I think <laughs> a, a weapon should also be a reflection of the person that's using it yeah so if you have a very blunt person perhaps give them a hammer or something that smashes a club or something like that you know just just to try to add a little bit more flavor and personality doesn't have to be that way i don't know it just complements a character i think my weapon is gonna have to do something with color coding (laughs) whether it's different colors do different things like blue freezes you and red sets you on fire you want one of the splatoon paint guns but it it does some real damage maybe I like having options. I can do some damage with paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the landlord special damage. <laughs> would you consider, I know this is totally off topic, Amy, would you consider Mario's feet a weapon? Because he's smack. Well, it would be like his whole body. Yeah, yeah but because... anyone can jump. So his his overalls, when he gets the, the little fire thing and shoots fireballs out of his overalls, that's a weapon, okay? But his regular feet, he's just, you know. He's killed he so many creatures with his feet. Yeah, but Sonic the Hedgehog has killed so many creatures by rolling into them. Oh like, gosh, so Sonic is a weapon. What's your what's his your whole hedgehog oh, yeah. spines are not a weapon. That's just an ability he has because he's speed a hedgehog. is his weapon. What's your all favorite sword? And mine is the Master Sword. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah. What's y'all fairy sword, master sword? Well, I mean, you could do a lightsaber or any other boring sword other than those two. Or that's like, fine. I don't know. The dark saber is pretty great. Oh yes. yeah, that is technically a lightsaber. Cool. I'm looking swords up. Give me a moment. <laughs> well, I did already say that, so you know, I might as well stick with the the, the grass blade. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty dope ass blade. What's your favorite bow and arrow combination? Mine is <laughs> the the water arrows from from the thief games because those are so cool. I mean, I'm still gonna stick with uh, Omega's energy bow. Although there was one time in Futurama where Fry was like abandoned on a planet or something. Who knows? He was always in trouble, and he tries to make a bow out of like uh, caterpillars. I think didn't really work out, but it was really funny. I'm just I'm gonna say my. Favorite bow and arrow is probably going to be from the new Zelda game when I can combine meat on a stick and then see what that does. (laughs) I cannot wait to shoot my meat arrows. (laughs) This is going to be great. 
I like Brisinger, which is Aragon's sword because it's all blue and pretty. Where and it's the color of about... his dragon's oh. color. Sephira. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But also, my favorite bow would be um, Hawkeye because he has all the Don't different little things that he can. That is change uh, out for the tips. That. Get wrecked. I always found that interesting that he could just consistently change the tips. And it was always fun. That was another Marvel type thing where I was like, yep, here we go. Let's just update the technology every time. What what new arrow does Hawkeye have? Hawkeye's arrows are like Batman's gadgets. He always has yeah. the exact right one he needs. And it's super suspicious that he planned ahead of time to bring the the gloop arrow that magically lets him bounce. <laughs> yeah. You know, my my the baffling part to me was when he brought uh what was it? in Endgame where he had the light arrow attachment. Just like, oh, you knew you were going to get in this situation, you cheeky bastard. Well, doesn't he, isn't like on his his little quiver thing, he can change the arrow to whatever modification he has for any situation? It's not like he brought him yes. specifically for that situation. Yeah, but he always has the right mods equipped, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, if you have like 100 mods, then I hope that one of those mods would be like a usable mod, you know? I don't know. Seeming, seeming sus to me. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, What's y'all's gonna favorite do swords hammer? and bows? I'm no. not even going to go, no. go on to like blades shields? and electric weapons. Shields? Captain America shield. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I got to agree with that one. So we can also agree any... now? Also, <laughs> <laughs> we can always agree. No. What? No. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we need to wrap this up. Yeah, no, okay, we're <laughs> moving on. There's so many weapons that we can talk mm-hmm. about. What's your favorite cape? <sighs> That's not a weapon. The, well, it depends, I guess. It depends on what... It doesn't matter. Moving on. Anyways, thank you. I'm a big fan of Cape May, but Cape Cod comes in a close oh, second. I'm going to say that, oh, Izzy. Okay, we're really wrapping it up. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you can reach us at 1L2N Productions over on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. We would love to know what your kind of favorite weapon is or if there's a weapon that we clearly missed that we're going to kick ourselves in the shin for not thinking of later on. Plus, if you want to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon and that would be much appreciated. And the last word of the day goes to also we have a website. It's 1L2NProductions.com. <laughs> so you can check us out there as well. But the last word so of the day is going to go to... I don't have the thing pulled up. I think that's actually me. It is... Sorry, guys. Three weeks, in, three weeks in a row. Rigged, rigged, two, and rigged. Two weeks. Du, 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 triple first rigged. Oh, no, no, no. It's three weeks. Because Amy rigged, and I rigged. did an episode. Oh, that's right. You guys did your own episode. Uh-huh. Rigged, rigged, rigged. Yeah, but I think you wound up talking rigged. anyways. Rigged, rigged, rigged. Cat doesn't sound like me. <laughs> okay. What's y'all's favorite let's, morning let's star? Because I kind of like the spicy black <laughs> bean burger morning stars. That what sounds like a define really good... morning star. I don't know what you're. It's a brand. What do you mean by morning my star? favorite morning star is the sun. Oh, morning star farms. <laughs> because when you say things like morning star, I'm thinking like favorite capes, homelanders cape. or I'm thinking like that's another name for Satan. Like you go in so many directions here. Do you consider cloaks capes? I like I the we shoulder. We're talking about Morningstar like, Farms because, like, oh, their little like breakfast links. Oh my gosh, shoulder. they're so good. Really great. I'm glad when Minecraft added up the cape update. That was really fun. The cape yeah, update. the cape update. Do you guys consider bear traps weapons? Yes. Would you? Yeah, they're wait. a passive weapon. It so doesn't require you weapons? to because they're a tool that anyone can use. That's what I'm. You're using it to weapon. cause harm. 
to another creature, then it's a weapon. Hunt showdown. It's a shameful weapon and should be banned. But poison traps, you don't want to get into those. That's right. I mean, are landmines weapons? Because they're basically the same thing. They're yeah. just upgraded, right? We didn't even talk about things like holy hand oh, grenades yeah. or yeah, we didn't talk about like bombs the unethical or... weapons. Who? Yeah, oh, flamethrowers. Who's your favorite? What's your favorite? flamethrower and why is it the dude from starcraft because he has one in each hand <laughs> who wait who is my favorite flamethrower like whom? Yes, who, who like, whatever i would have to say that my favorite weapon is probably isabella lightwood's electricum whip which is from the shadow hunter series because it wraps around her wrist like a really cool bracelet but then she can pull it off and then like kill demons with it it's pretty dope 